1: Alright, and welcome everybody to a very special end-of-the-year Talking Space episode. We will be taking a look back at the last five seasons of Talking Space as we approach 2014, which will mark five years on the air later next year. So in the meantime, we're going to end the year with a trip down memory lane, and to do that, we had to bring back our classic crew, so welcome to the show, Gene McCulka.
4: Glad to be here, Sawyer. Thanks for bringing them back and it'll be interesting to go back and relive some of these memories
1: here. It'll be fun. Oh, without a doubt. And welcome back as well, Mark Ratterman.
0: Yeah, it's hard not to have a smile on your face thinking about some good times.
1: Oh, good times indeed. Keeping in mind, this show first went on the air September 9th, 2009. Since then, Talking Space has released 185 episodes, this being number 186. So we've had a heck of a lot of time on the air, and in between that, we've had a lot of our own experiences, many of them possible because of this show. So, for this we're going to go around and we're going to list our three favorite moments, whether it be on the air, off the air, or whatever, in space in the last five seasons. So, as voted pre-show, I will be first up. And I think the first one that we have to mention is one that every single one of us can share. And that can be listening back to on episode 331. However, you may have known it better if you heard it live as Talking Space covered the final space shuttle launch, STS-135, on July 8th, 2011, live from the Kennedy Space Center. Not only was it aired on our partner, Astronomy FM, it was then broadcast through a bunch of different radio stations around the world to over 200,000 people as we were able to share Atlantis's final liftoff, marking the end of an era. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5.
0: All three engines up and burning. 2, 1, 0, and liftoff! The
2: final liftoff of Atlantis!
0: of the space shuttle, America will continue the go on, go
2: on. And there it goes, the shuttle is cleared, it's doing its roll program, which means it's rolling to the other side, so that it may get onto it.
0: And we'll hear the sound here in a second.
2: What you're hearing now on the microphone is the actual audio, as it reaches us at the press site, it's on a delay, so you'll hear it getting really loud. There it goes, the crackling that you hear. If you can even hear it, the crackling that you're hearing is actually sonic booms as the sound actually gets past that point. We're at T plus 30, it is through the clouds here, which means we have just very little sight of it, but you can still feel and hear it as it climbs its way to orbit. Everything is on track and working fine. The final space shuttle mission is underway and Atlantis is heading with the meet-up to the International Space Station. So all the best of luck to the uh, crew, and we'll keep you up to date Southwest as it
1: goes. Boy, that day was something special, getting a chance to not only talk to all of the NASA Tweet-Up participants, but we also got to talk with an astronaut who, at the time, was not a that big of a name, but later became a very big name, and you might know him as Commander Chris Hadfield. And that was a fun interview to get a chance to talk with him for a few minutes. And uh, I'm just going to add in, not many people know this story, but we had found out that we were going to get a chance to interview Commander Hatfield. There was one problem. As I mentioned at the time, I didn't really exactly know who he was. And the internet was still kind of down after the launch. So I kind of enlisted in my trusty sidekick, Gene, to run and do some quick research for me, and he happened to come back at the exact moment that Chris came to sit down, so. All these years later, Gene, I still have to say thank you <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah um uh, yeah, I mean we we had some uh internet connection problems that day, and obviously everybody else was sharing the uh uh the net as well. We had a whole bunch of outlets out there, and not just us and uh the the pipe was was kind of small, and uh we we depended on my droid at after a while. Uh, to, uh, to make sure we got all the data and uh, I was able to go ahead and, and do some very, very quick research and uh, got all the, the mission data for, uh, command, uh, for Commander Hatfield and, and threw it over to you and uh, was quite honored to have uh, Chris Hatfield join us that day so, you know, after doing a lot of homework uh, very, very rapidly. He was going to be the first Canadian commander of the ISS. And wow, has he gone off and done a lot of, you know, a lot of things since. So uh, that was a fun day. I'll probably alliterate more on that one when, when we get get to me because it's one of my favorites too.
1: Exactly, but I still loved that moment with, uh, with Chris Hadfield. Little did we know that he would become the internet sensation that he is today. But boy, that was a heck of an exciting moment and... Uh, that was the first time I'd ever done anything live, that's for sure. And <laughs> I hope it's not the last, because, boy, that was fun. But again, Oh,
4: boy, yeah. Um, that was a blast.
1: But, uh, again, A, let me just say that I am glad I didn't know how many listeners we had at the time, and B, uh, I have to give an even bigger, bigger thank you uh, to another man on this show and his wife, to the amazing Mark and Mary Ratterman, who, for STS-135, helped... Oh, in the most amazing way between food and for Mark setting up the entire tent and spending two, three days out in the terrible Florida heat and humidity, working with all the NASA TV people to try and get the audio feed hooked up and getting everything wired and ready and then having to move the tent again. And thank you so much, Mark, for making that behind the scenes stuff happen.
0: (laughs) Well, it was worth it for where we got to at the end, just as a side note. I don't have a single launch on my list of favorites just to make you raise your eyebrows and go huh
1: (laughs) well mark's list we will get to next and i'm interested in hearing that one Uh, so that's number one on my list number two also involves the space shuttle atlantis except this is the opening of the space shuttle exhibit which Opened back in June, I believe, of this year, and episode 521 is your go-to for taking a listen back to all the events that happened on opening day, and we also got a chance to talk with the people who designed the exhibit, PGAV Destinations, and that's episodes 526 and 527, if you want to go back and listen to those, but boy, that was amazing. At the time, in case you didn't know, I was interning at the NASA Goddard Space Flight Center in Maryland. And I had seen that the opening was going to happen, so I called up Mark and said, I'm flying down, let's go, and off to the Kennedy Space Center we went. I landed at 10 a.m. on, I believe it was Friday, and by 11 a.m., 12 p.m.-ish, we were at the Kennedy Space Center getting a private tour of the exhibit, and boy, I still cannot explain what an amazing job they did with that exhibit. And the coolest part was not only getting to see the exhibit and everything, but getting to talk with the people. Uh, Bill Moore, Andrea Farmer, and my favorite, honestly, was our interview with a a person who flew Atlantis on their next, on their supposedly last flight of Atlantis, but wasn't STS-132, and that was Ken Ham, and that was a heck of an interview, too. So I have to ask you, Mark, (laughs) you were there with me. What did you think of that?
0: Oh, yes, absolutely. And, you know, I got to say that, if we were to to sit back and listen to the various interviews we've done with astronauts and others that each one of them at the end where you go gee that was really outstanding that was probably our best show how many times have we said that you know <laughs> but yes talking to Ken and uh, Michelle Ham was absolutely phenomenal i i really enjoyed our conversation with them
1: what do you think of the exhibit so
3: far I'm absolutely floored. It's, uh, I don't consider myself to be a, a largely emotional person, but seeing that for the first time was, was truly emotional. It kind of caught me off guard. Uh, you know, Atlantis kept me and all my astronaut buddies alive in, in what is a, a very difficult environment of survival out there in space. And to see her here, looking awesome. And knowing that that ship, you know, that machinery kept us all happy and healthy and got the mission done is pretty, pretty spectacular.
0: What were uh, your flights
3: with uh, shuttles or with Atlantis? Uh, with Atlantis, I was the commander of SGS-132, which was uh, three years ago. Launched middle of May, three years ago. Yeah. So not that long ago.
1: So is part of that emotion just the way that they displayed it and the beauty of it, or is part of the emotion just that you don't get to fly in it
3: anymore? Um, part of it is, is how good it is displayed in its static sense there, but I have to give them a fair amount of credit with the whole build-up of the, the two movies going into it. You know, it tells the story, and you, you think about all the history when you're watching it, they got the music right, and that, that ending moment is truly a magic moment. And I think that's what's going to keep people coming back here. Um, just looking for that magic emotional moment of, of seeing what the space shuttle really meant.
0: Any tips for the current group of astronaut candidates about to
3: start their training? Have, have patience. It's all worth it. It took me 10 years in the astronaut office before I flew my first flight. And uh, I can say, looking back, that you know at the time I was getting a little bit impatient, but it's all worth it into space, actually, as soon as the, the rocket lights and starts pushing you up through the atmosphere, you know it's worth it. And the rest of it's all fun. <laughs> so, they're, yeah, they're in a great
1: position. They're going to have a, a great
3: experience up there in space. Well,
1: I know you were lucky enough to actually have the experience of getting in and flying the bird. What are you hoping that people who see the exhibit who didn't have that experience will get out of it? And do you think that maybe they could get a little bit of a taste of what you did?
3: Yeah, that's... And you're right, that's a very good question. And I hope that what people see is what their predecessors have done as far as guts, ingenuity, taken the risk it, it took to make this incredible vehicle. You know, in the, in the world we live in right now, if the space shuttle never existed, I'm not sure we have the political willpower, the financial means, the guts, the ingenuity to make a space shuttle. And yet it was done 40 years ago. It's pretty remarkable. And that kind of human spirit is what I hope others can glean out of this experience.
1: I have to agree with you on that one. There is no way to actually go ahead and pick one episode that is our favorite. And every time, like you mentioned, we say we have a favorite, another one replaces it. And that's why I have here listed so many different astronaut interviews. And I don't think I could pick one that's my favorite, even though I have a couple listed here. I'm not even going to say them because I don't want to spoil it. But... Those were some amazing astronaut interviews as well. And we got a bunch of them in at the Atlantis opening, getting to talk to Bill Reedy, uh, getting to talk to Ken Ham. So a lot of great stuff from that event. And again, Mark, thank you for sharing that with me and helping to (laughs) drive me around and sharing a hotel room.
0: Good time, good time.
1: Now, we said we're only picking three. So this made it extremely, extremely difficult for me to pick. Favorite moments. I'm going to kind of cheat and pick my favorite show moment and my favorite non show moment to end, and I'm going to kind of tie those two together. And they both have to do with the retirement of the shuttle one more time. Uh, As you might know, I am also an education consultant for the Intrepid Sierra and Space Museum, and in terms of personal experiences, I was asked to be the guest speaker at the arrival when the Space Shuttle Enterprise top NASA 905 landed at John F. Kennedy International Airport in New York City. Boy, was that an amazing experience, being up there besides sitting next to Leonard Nimoy, Mr. Spock himself, which was pretty amazing, to get to see the shuttle do a low flyby and then come back around and land, and just to get to see it on top of NASA 905. Two of my favorite moments from that was, one, sitting up on the stage, and my parents were in the audience, and they kept pointing and making these weird gestures, and I couldn't figure out what they were saying. It turns out they kept saying, turn around. Because before I had gone up on stage, Enterprise and NASA 905 were pointing nose forward, so their nose towards my back. All of a sudden, I turn around. There's the shuttle directly behind me, sideways now. I had no idea it was moving, and boy, was that a moment. And the other moment I will never forget is driving out, looking in the rearview mirror, seeing a space shuttle. That was kind of cool. Because I know, Gene, you got to see it as it was flying through New York City as well, correct?
4: Yeah, I was over at uh, Liberty Park, actually, and the interesting little juxtaposition of that was um, my sister's uh, were, uh, at the dedication of Liberty Park, the, uh, uh they were part of that, um, back in the, the seventies. And, uh, it, and I, <laughs> shoot, I had flown, you know, kites out of that area and, and things like that, but never in my wildest dreams did I ever expect to see, you know, a, a prototype space shuttle orbiter flying overhead, uh, you know, over the skies of uh, my old my old uh, stomping ground, Jersey City. So uh, yeah, that was <laughs> that was a bit of a surreal moment seeing the, the, the uh, Orbiter Enterprise in the skies over uh, over Liberty Park. So uh, yeah, it was it was quite a moment, and uh, uh, I <laughs> that was definitely one for the books. We have got some really good photographs of that too. So um, yeah, that was that was really really neat.
1: Again, more of that can be found along with the pictures with episode 414. And again, I mentioned I was going to do one in-person and one show moment, even though we did talk about that one on a show. I do have to give credit to Gene on this one, going back to episode 405, when he discussed something very pertinent, and that was indeed the era of reliability of Soyuz. In the world of human spaceflight today marks the beginning
4: of the Soyuz epoch, the epoch of reliability. Uh, message to uh, the Russian uh, space agency don't t- tout your reliability record. This is why airlines don't do it. I mean, the first accident and it's over.
1: Boy, has that come to bite us again. But I, I can't help but mention that as an important moment and as a favorite moment because it has come up since then.
4: Yeah, uh, you know, j- just to briefly um, bring listeners up to speed, um, this was said right. After uh, the Atlantis touchdown in uh, July of uh, 2011, um, I mean, Atlantis's APUs weren't even cold yet, and uh, uh, there was a statement on the Roscosmos website, and that kind of raised my eyebrow a little bit. I mean, I could understand a statement like this being in the Russian press or something along those lines. No, this was right off Roscosmos, and I was like, what? Um, it, it essentially touted, uh, you know, while it congratulated the Space Shuttle Orbiter uh, for its long history and its contributions to uh, to the history of spaceflight, it basically sort of knocked it a little bit as far as its safety record was concerned. As we all know, we've tragically we've tragically lost two of those birds, and um, they essentially said, well, welcome to the era of reliability, the era, the era of Soyuz, and I was like, well, you don't want to s- sort of tout your safety record as it were. I mean, spaceflight is hard. It is very, very difficult, uh, unpiloted or even even piloted. It is just very, very difficult, and you never know what's going to bite you in the end. And sure enough, as things turned out, there were several incidences along the way, and we, we've had several incidents along the way that uh, have, well, bit the Russian program. And I'm not going to go through all of them, and, but um, that was just an observation. You never want to do that. And uh, lo and behold, I don't want to kind of look like Nostradamus a little bit. That wasn't really the intent. I was just absolutely amazed that, that, that they would actually say something like that.
1: Exactly, but I had to put that in on my list. So, obviously, I have a whole bunch more listed here, but those are my top three-ish from the last five seasons. So thank you again, everyone, for at least allowing me the opportunity to get to experience all of those. And, um, well, I guess I'll get off my soapbox now, and I'll hand it over to Mark.
0: Well, I'm going to kind of continue with your little ending sentiment there, Sawyer. And I want to say thank you to our listeners because I'm looking at a a folder with a very, very small number of pictures that I have here on my uh, computer. And the tag of the folder is NASA Family Education Night. And that was the first time that I met Andrea Farmer from the Kennedy Space Center Visitor Complex. And I also met Tracy Young from the NASA press site. And that was the point where I was first asked to well who are you who do you represent can you tell us about your show and from that point on it was having the listeners the downloads the connection with astronomy fm that got our foot in the door for a lot of really phenomenal opportunities and i'm also looking and this will surprise you and this is just general reminiscing here for just a second i'm looking at a picture that i took that was on the window of a convenience store west of Kennedy Space Center on uh, whatever the road is 405 I think and it shows a a shuttle that's lifted off the pad and the big plume of of smoke from the pad and it says thank you shuttle workers for thirty years of dedication hard work and sacrifice Thank you for believing daring and dreaming and there's the emblem of the uh, the shuttle program emblem that has the the shuttle and then the five images that, or the four images branch off each side of it, you know, indicating the, the orbiters. And this was something that was put out by the Titusville Chamber of Commerce. The community is a thank you to many workers there. So enough of my general sentiment and on with some specifics. And uh, like I said, Sawyer, it surprised you, Pop, probably that I don't have a launch in my favorites what I do have is the first time that I got up close to an orbiter and this was on March 10th, 2011 and it was the rollout of Space Shuttle Endeavour for STS-134. Rollout of course being that trip on the crawler transporter with the shuttle stack leaving the VAB and going out to the pad and to have access on that occasion to ground floor Uh, fifth level and I believe it was 16 (laughs) I hope I'm right on that number not that it matters but basically uh, crew cabin level uh, around the area of the uh, shuttle main engines and then ground floor and that was first time I was within I don't know dozens of feet of a shuttle a shuttle that was still in service a shuttle that was going out to the pad for its final launch and that was pretty incredible and you know i would just about have thought at that point that there couldn't be anything better well better came along just 3 months and a little bit later june 21st of 2011 and it was an event called discovery media days and the day before on june 20th i got an email from candria thomas at the press site saying do the overwhelming number request. Please check below to see if your times for tomorrow's Discovery Media Day has changed. And there is a schedule, and it said be at the space you will be at the spacecraft's hangar from 3 to 4 p.m. Be at the press site by 2:30, check in. There is no flexibility on the schedule. If you miss your spot, there is no makeup. What the actual event was, an hour in OPF two with Space Shuttle Discovery. And this Media Days was where they brought media in a continuous stream just about the entire day of people coming in, uh, walking around below Discovery, talking to Stephanie Stilson. She was the Shuttle Transition and Retirement Flow Director. I got to speak to her three times during the closing days of the shuttle program and during the transition and retirement days. Got to uh, talk to one of several of the uh, shuttle technicians, the engineers that worked on the shuttles there in, in the OPF and out on the pad. Got to walk around and go up to the aft end of Discovery, and see where the engines had been, they'd already been removed, uh, and actually go inside Discovery. And uh, kind of have to say, this is the top one. This, you know, actually walking around the orbiter talking to the people and I remember saying this on a show that when I was talking to Stephanie Stilson that what she had to say was to me so it grabbed my attention so much that I nearly, I say nearly forgot that I was standing with the shuttle orbiter uh, Discovery just above me. Um, But getting to go inside and I was in a group of, uh, there were a total of five of us and Robert Perlman from CollectSpace.com Was part of our group of five, and he had somebody else that was partnered with him. We had to split up because there really isn't room on the flight deck for for five, six people at a shot. And so uh, Robert Perlman and another gentleman went up on the flight deck first, and uh, three of us stayed there in the mid deck. And to be waiting our turn to, you know, and you crawl through the crew hatch. You know, there's no walking into a space shuttle. You, you take the slide board and you slide yourself in and, and then you're on the mid-deck. And to look around and to see this is where they lived. To be able to look at the airlock at, which went out into the payload bay and to slide out a slide board they had there to get your nose just outside into the payload bay and to see how big it was. And then the opportunity to climb the ladder up to the flight deck and uh we were in that uh, section of the flight deck where they have the controls for the uh, counter arm and uh you know their maneuvering station for when they would be docking with the space station and such uh to see the the pilot seat, the commander seat and to see everything uh pretty much the way it was. Of course it was during the decommissioning process, so there were displays that had been pulled out, and there were you know, dummy kind of uh, cards put up in their place to, to give you that image, and that was something. That was really something. My third thing kind of relates to what you talked about a few minutes ago, Sawyer, and that was Discovery's departure on April 17, 2012, when Discovery left Kennedy Space Center for the last time. And my vantage point for that, and I'll make this quick, but I'm sure it'll kind of ring a bell with a lot of folks, as Sawyer's story has as well, that uh, my vantage point in this case was on top of the VAB. So I was a mile or better from the shuttle landing facility and saw NASA 905 and Discovery taxi out, take position. I had a uh, scanner with me. I was listening to air traffic control frequencies. And... uh, It's surprising at that distance to see how slow NASA 905 and Discovery moved, and then to see it lift off, and it circled off to the south. It went down towards Patrick Air Force Base, flew up the beach, and I heard him talking to the air traffic control, getting lined up for their approach. (laughs) And then to hear him say, "Uh, our alignment is off a bit. Is it okay if we do a, uh, a... uh, right 360 and uh, air traffic approved it and they made a wide sweeping turn that to me came up very nicely to the VAB you know, they were probably still half a mile to a mile away from us but we were up at their altitude 550 feet up and uh, NASA 905 not too much higher but to see 905 and Discovery in movement a very dynamic thing and and i I mentioned this it it was great to me it was it was even more special and unforgettable to to be up by the shuttle and to be inside at that time but i know that this will ring a lot of bells with listeners because so many of you had the opportunity to to get to the cities where discovery flew in where endeavor flew the stopovers that endeavor had going across the country and, uh, you know, kind of revive those memories for you and think about how, you know, just how, how it kind of charged you up to, to see uh, something that you typically just see in a TV image on liftoff or a TV image on landing. So that's my contribution to this little bit of reminiscing. And uh, there we go.
1: Wow, those are some amazing moments as well. I mean, how many people can say they got to go inside a space shuttle? So, uh, I, I think that's pretty cool. I'm a little jealous of that still.
0: You know, I wish we all could have done it. Holy cow. You give us a month of uh, talking space shows and, and we wouldn't finish telling about it.
4: <laughs> and, and Mark, just as an observation, I remember there's a, a part of a portal that one signs uh when you go in there i mean that thing that and that portal's signed by uh, all sorts of individuals and even you know the famous and in some cases there are some uh, political folks uh, that have signed that that wall and somewhere over there is a signature that you put on and he, you didn't the one thing i'm going to give you a, a bit of a tip of the hat for uh usually one just signs their name to that little wall or that little portal in there as they enter uh as they enter the orbiter and um on that wall if i'm not mistaken is just our uh, our url you know you, you didn't put your own signature you, you you signed it for the team and um i think that's you know a stunning piece not only for you and it says a lot about you but i think that says also a lot about what we've been able to build here over the years so um again my my hats off to you sir thank you
0: well there's a big us in anything we do because uh something on my mind and and you just spoke of it but i'll go ahead and and tell you what's on my mind what I'm at, when I am at an event at Kennedy, which has been the, the limit of my experience pretty much, or talking to somebody cross-country, my thought is, you know, I represent Talking Space. I, I don't want to look like a dope, you know. I want to try and be as professional as, as I someday hope to be. And, uh, you know, I got to tell you, and this is a repeat from the show following my... Discovery Media Day uh, visit to Shuttle Discovery, but while we were there, outside the uh, crew hatch, I see Robert Perlman holding his camera up a bit high, and you know, apparently focusing on something on the wall, which is covered with signatures. And uh, and and I, he said something to where I said, uh, "What is it? What what are you what are you shooting a picture of?" He said, "That's where the crew of." STS-107 signed.
4: And you want to talk about the chills that just went through me just now.
0: Talk about feeling. Uh, I can't describe the feelings. It, you could say holy ground. No, that doesn't apply. Um, but just to realize at that point that here I am. I'm, I'm part of the media, the horde that trooped through OPF2 that day. But we're nothing compared to the many astronauts and the many workers that made that happen we're nothing glad to have that place for our show there
1: oh yeah and those you can listen to mark's discussions of that on episodes 420 and 421 and I highly suggest going back and listening to his discussions of that as well as his interviews with some of the people who flew Discovery. So thank you, Mark. So with that we move on to our third and final person, and I think we may have saved the best for last. No offense, Mark, or myself, but we'll see what Gene has lined up.
4: Thanks, Sawyer. Um I'm we we discussed a few of these these guys in uh during pre show, but I'm gonna realign one or two of them here. I guess One of the real favorite moments was actually lighting this thing for the very first time. Uh, This was back, I believe, the first program that went up was on Wednesday, September 9th, 2009. And it it was not (laughs) one of our best. Welcome to the Space Tweet Podcast for the week of 6 September 2009. Uh, thank you for taking a chance and downloading us for our inaugural episode here. My name is Gene McCulka, and I'm joined today by two fellow members of the uh, Space Tweep Society. Uh, one is a gentleman by the name of Sawyer Rosenstein, a.k.a. the NASA man on Twitter. The other gentleman I'm joined here today is a gentleman by the name of Mark Ratterman, or Mark Ratterman on Twitter. So, without further ado... But uh, a lot of... TLC and a lot of hard work went in just to get us to to that point, and um, uh, I would have to say that that would just lighting this thing was was really one of the the favorite moments because it it was something that had been sitting on the shelf for an extraordinarily long time in my eyes, um, and it was sort of a dream finally taking its first tepid steps forward. And a lot of what we've discussed thus far probably never really would have happened unless that first step was made. And uh, I I still consider myself pretty darn uh, lucky and, and quite fortunate to have the team that we eventually assembled from 2009 onward. And extraordinarily... Uh, pleased to have uh, an outfit like Astronomy FM behind us, and now the Spaceflight Group behind us. We keep on adding some new components here and there, and we've we've had some <laughs> glorious adventures, some you know glorious victories, some glorious failures. But uh, all in all, it has just been one heck of a ride thus far, and um, the reason why it, it it's still going on. Is you guys, um, you folks that are still listening to us, and deciding that we're worthy enough of uh, of your time, and I hope that trend continues. So, um, if you want to go ahead and chalk up favorite moments, I'll I'll do that. Um, we we the, the two topics we did discuss that evening were I believe there was some sort of there um, was <laughs> some sort of program that we were just absolutely panning that ABC had on, but one of the topics on there that still crops up from now on, every now and again, is uh, the one-way trip to Mars, and it's still something I'm sort of lukewarm on, but that's neither here nor there, but it was just getting this thing off the ground, which really laid the gr- groundwork for, for everything that we have discussed thus far, and if it weren't for the support of Everybody out there that um, that really, really made even the most minor contribution to this thing, um, it never would have happened. If there are folks here that, that I wish were here tonight and and and, all, and aren't here. Um, you know, Gina Hurley Her- for one uh, uh, gentleman that uh, did the theme music for us, Todd Cecilia. Thank you, sir. I didn't ask for for him to do that, by the way. He just sort of wrote to me and wrote to us and said, yeah, we well, hear you're putting this together. By the way, uh, you want some theme music? And I said, okay, let's hear it. And, and he whipped up what you hear. Uh, Russ Dale, who a- added his talents for the disclaimers, uh, again, this wasn't asked for. This the, These people just stepped forward and said, yeah, I want to play just a minor part of this. And, and they did. so. Um, and there were so many others that I can go on and on uh, asking for and, 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 and telling you about, but uh, we'd be here forever. For those of, I didn't mention, it wasn't out of malice. It was probably out of memory. That's another long story, which I'll get into toward the tail end of the show. So, um, But again, my, my eternal gratitude uh, for everybody that stepped up and, and did something on the show's behalf when it first started and still continues to do so. Um, so thank you. It's because of you guys that we, we continue to do this, and as long as you're interested, we're going to keep going. Um, Sawyer, I'm going to go ahead and chime in with you on, on favorite moment number two, and this is, again, in no particular order, uh, the live broadcast. Um, there were so many logistics that we had to cover for that, and uh, the, the the team of uh, Mark and Mary Ratterman I, I can't ask, you know, good lord, uh, you guys made sure we were hydrated, we had food, we had everything over there, so if it wasn't for your wizard, wizardry, sir, um, that live broadcast never would have happened, but there was a moment there that I'm, I'm going to cherish forever, and it wasn't the launch itself, it was about maybe two o'clock in the morning, tanking had just started, and there was just a handful of us over in in, in the press site, and uh, I had just arrived and i looked uh, I looked out and around and bathed in the in the cold uh, uh, July morning uh, was the vehicle assembly building just looking as glorious as it ever does but um Right across the, the, uh, the turn basin and the lagoon there was um, Shuttle Atlantis sitting out there for, for what would be the final time. And uh, um, so here I was, I reflected back on the moment where you and I were uh, just the previous day. Um, we had about, I think it was about 10 or 15 minutes alone, basically. It was just Yumi and and two other individuals. I think it was a BBC um, uh, news news crew. Uh, we had beat the main um, press folks out to the uh, to the launch pad by about ten minutes, and it was just yourself, myself, the BBC press crew, and uh, our escort. And uh, we had about ten minutes with Shuttle Atlantis, and. Uh, um, just, just the cla You know, it, it was. It was surreal because you knew where this this large vehicle that was sitting no more than a few hundred feet away from you was going to go later, uh, in just a few hours. But there it was, and uh, that that was that was probably one one moment I was thinking about. The other just a few hours later was that morning, looking out at the orbiter bathed in all that light and thinking, you know, my God, (laughs) this thing is going to be going into space, but it's going to be doing it for the last time. And looking around the area, um, there was, there were, I I don't think I've ever seen uh, that much press in uh, that area in an extraordinarily long time. And Mark, you and I were there for we were we were privileged enough to be there for the STS-129 launch. Uh, for the you know that was my first launch um, ever, uh, but there weren't a lot of press there, and that kind of made me scratch my head a little bit. Uh, but there was everybody here. I mean, the, from from everybody from Japan, from Japan to all this. And I thought, gee, guys, thanks for showing up a little too late, because now this is the last one. Now, this is a significant deal, indeed. This is history. This is the end of the program. But the launch and, and its mission was no more significant than, say, STS-29. You know, or or STS thirty, you know, thirty, or any of those missions, any of the, the, those periods of time. So, you know, it, it's like, where have you been the past few thirty years? You know, that was one of the other things that had gone through my head. Um, I could talk about all of the, the the people that I've I've met as a result of of doing this, um, and how privileged I felt, you know, of getting to know a lot of you out there. Um, and I think that's also probably one of my favorite moments out there, um, getting to know all of you out there, uh, not just the folks who work in the program, the extraordinarily bright and intelligent individuals that I've had the chance to talk to, but also just you know, getting to know the listeners as well and getting to understand what you folks are really, really into. But Mark, um, I'm going to take you back, and it's again a moment that I'm going to focus on you here for a second. I think one of my other prouder moments was um, one of the launches. I forget which one it was, but I think it was the first one we had media credentials for, and it might have been STS-133. And um, I was here in New Jersey watching uh, NASA television from afar, uh, watching the, the press conference, and... Listening to the questions as we usually do, and um, lo and behold, there was a very familiar face during the question and answer period, asking a, a, a very, you know, a, a very, you know, intelligent uh, and lucid question. And uh, I think I lost about maybe five buttons off my shirt when I saw that, and just applauded wildly. Um, because you had you had you had introduced yourself and introduced us, introduced this program on a international stage, and my my arm just shot up and I was like yes, so uh, I felt at that point we had really arrived and and we were we were among. We were among that group. We were we were in that 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 elite group that gets to talk to the the professionals and and get those get their their information out. So um, I couldn't have been more proud of this entire team uh, on at that moment um, when when that occurred. And I guess the the real last one I had was just um, just the last uh, event I attended. I was privileged enough to. Um, Attend the uh, Antares uh, test flight uh, back in April and bring that information back to to uh, to everybody listening and uh, the team that built Antares and the team that uh, uh, put together Cygnus and so on uh, my minor exposure to them was just uh, you know incredible uh, a great group of folks but being there to see something that had never taken to the sky before. We didn't know what was going to happen, and and lo and behold, to be there at that moment when when this historic moment was happening—it's the same thing, Sawyer, that you guys had uh, or attempted to have anyway—with um, uh, attending some of the, uh, the 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 SpaceX launches that uh, or launch attempts that uh, you folks were, were able to get to. So, and uh, I, I guess that was that would really be the, the you know one of the other moments, but to just reiterate we We cannot do this program without the support you guys show us um, and and knowing that you folks are interested so uh, keep the letters coming in keep you know, telling us what you want to hear, communicate with us. We're more than happy to, to hear our ideas. We're going to be de- trying some new things next year. Um, I'm looking forward to to bring some of those new voices on board uh, for a little bit and uh, uh to get different perspectives on things so i'm quite excited about 2014 going forward this has been one heck of a ride i've needed six point seat belts so far and uh I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the future holds so especially with uh with uh with both of you folks and some of the new new people we're going to be bringing on board in the not too distant future so mark sawyer it's been one heck of a ride so far, and I'm looking forward to 2014 with with you guys, and and looking forward to press for pressing on, and looking forward to to hearing what our listeners have to say about what we're doing. So just keep on keep on everybody, and, and again, my my sincere thanks.
1: Exactly, and I'm just gonna throw in by the way to throw in. More to keep you over for the holidays if you want to listen to the Antares uh, launch is episode 513. And take a look at the show notes for that for some of the pictures that Gene took as well because those are great. But uh, boy, there are a lot of things in there too. Again, with the launch and then the other launch. So Mark had no launches and you had a lot of launches.
4: In my my head, it, it wasn't the actual launch itself it was you know, meeting the, the individuals that we met experiencing these things and bringing them back to um to the folks that that want to go ahead think we're worthy enough of their time downloading us listening to us and 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 bringing these stories back to 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 you folks and oh every time i i visit you know a nasa center i as with press credentials i'm i feel like i'm privileged but i also think of okay if i were listening to the program that we're going to put together what would i ask what would i want to talk about what would i want to bring back and that's kind of the perspective i look at it when i when i do something like this so um I'm going to continue to do that, and, and it's, but I still feel honored. And I, as Mark, you pointed out, um, I, I not only represent this little group that we built here, but I represent the individuals that download us and listen to us. And I hold that in just good Lord, I hold that in just great honor and great esteem and, 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 and with great trust. So, so, thank you for trusting us enough to, for the past few years, and we'll keep on keeping on as long as you, you allow us to.
1: And I, beyond, have to echo both of the things you said there. One, the fact that pretty much with all of these events, it, it's not so much the event themselves. Sure, a launch is great. Sure, getting to see exhibit openings are great. And, you know, getting to go inside space shuttles, of course, are obviously great but it's all the activities surrounding them. It's not just getting to do it, it's getting to experience it and immerse yourself in the entirety of it. Getting to talk with the people. I think that's probably my favorite part of everything. It's not just getting to see all of these experiences, but talking with the people behind the experiences, the ones who made everything possible. And not only that, talking to them, but also being able to take that and then share it with you, the listeners, who, as we mentioned, have been downloading us now, for five going on six seasons, almost 200 episodes, almost five years. That means a lot to us, as Gene and Mark both said, that you've put your trust in us to go out and get these experiences and convey them to you guys. And the fact that you keep listening means I think we're doing our job a-okay. So thank you, everybody. So, that wraps up the year 2013 for us. It's been an amazing year. In fact, it's been an amazing four years going on five, and we hope you'll be with us next season as we celebrate, as I mentioned, 200 episodes and five years on the air or internet or whatever you want to say of it. But, again, I have to give a big thank you to all the other people who've helped make this possible. A huge thank you to... Todd Cecilio as you mentioned Gene who helped with the music as well as Russ Dale. A big thank you to Michael Forrester and everybody over at Astronomy FM for picking us up simulcasting us and again helping us with the STS 133 134 and 135 broadcasts. You may not know that all of those were at least attempted whether they happened or not. Uh, thank you as well to everybody who has joined us in the past ever from our guest to Gina Herlihy to the people who are with us tonight, including Gene McCulka. Thank you, Gene.
4: Thanks, Sawyer. And um, before we take off here, I'm going to go ahead and just um, send out a, a blanket thank you to a whole bunch of people. Um, as a few of you may or may not know, back on December 13th, I was involved in a... I won't beat around the bush. I was involved in a near-fatal um, automobile accident, and... Um, had uh you know taken my bumps and bruises and I'm still kind of uh, even as we speak and do this program I'm still kind of recuperating from all of that and um, I wanted to go ahead and say thanks to the folks that had uh, sent messages um, of support and recovery and and uh just was were very very thank and were very um very kind uh, for the past uh, uh, few uh few weeks and um, uh, sent uh, direct messages on my Twitter account or posted something up on uh, my personal fa- facebook account and um, again it was a little overwhelming so um, uh, in, a, in a very good way and I didn't realize how many people really 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 cared so um, I, I do appreciate that and uh, from the bottom of my heart so uh, thanks again to everybody who did that.
1: Yes, um, we're glad you're okay. Uh, and as I mentioned and continue this thank you, it's a big thank you as well once again to Mark Ratterman. Now, if this were a
0: video, we'd have the three of us on horseback riding off into the sunset, and then you'd hear the announcer say, hey, and we'll be back next week. <laughs> With no doubt the theme from Raiders of the Lost Ark playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh but but since we're not a video thing, you'll just have to fill that in in your own minds. And please make us all ultimately handsome, which I think I fall short in that department. So, you know, give me a good Hollywood face uh, in that imagery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, shoot. They'd have their work cut out for, for them with me. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> See, if anybody God. If anybody
1: photoshops that, I will be forever in debt to them. Oh,
0: boy. <laughs> and uh, – I'll see if I can be more serious in 2014 and not as grouchy. Eh, no no
1: promises, though. (laughs) Please don't, Mark. We like having that uh, A bit of humor and B bit of grouchiness every now and then. Everything can't be too bright and dandy.
0: There you go. Much appreciated.
1: (laughs) And again, a big thank you as well to Mary Radman for doing a lot of behind-the-scenes work that not many people know about, so please pass along a thank you to her.
0: Oh, amen on that one, Sawyer. I will, and she certainly enjoyed it. Uh, She likes helping people. And I know she was glad to help out with the show.
1: And I know we probably missed a huge number of thank yous. You know, so many people who have sent us letters and so many people have written to us and all the people that we've met. And the random people who have come up to us, or at least to me, I know, and have said, hey, you're from Talking Space. A thank you to them. And, of course, the biggest thank you of all goes to every single one of you out there listening for downloading us, listening to us interacting with us, and continually keeping us going this is why we do it, we do it for you and we hope you're enjoying it as much as we do so with that that brings 2013 to its conclusion coming up in the first week of January, Mark has a very special interview and discussion and episode coming up for us and I think you'll be interested in that one about Apollo but we'll be back in two weeks with news shows and we hope you'll join us then Until then, though, as always, have a great day, night, evening, or whatever it may be where you are, and Happy New Year.